Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the third and last segment of our interview with Leanne Perkins, Assistant Treasurer at Specialized Bicycle Components and member of the NACHA Advisory Board. In the episode, we discuss a real-life example of future-proofing through a redesign of a treasury department and implementation of new systems. We were really keen on interviewing Lian as she is an amazing treasury advocate and a fantastic guest. You will soon discover how and why in the episode. In the episode of today, expect to learn a successful future-proofing concept implemented by Lian. How did she advocate for this change project to leadership? How she managed to do this whole transformation with only her team and in such a short period of time? What is the amazing cash flow forecasting tool that saved Leon's life? Yes, those are her words and much, much more. We hope you will enjoy the episode as much as we did discussing with Leon. If that is the case, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us and helps the podcast thrive so we can interview more and more amazing guests like Leanne. With all that being said, please welcome Leanne Perkins. So please take us through your own personal experience, if you could, Leanne, um, of when you've done uh, a future-proofing yourself. Do you have a specific example that comes to mind? Great. I, I had a, a really interesting experience in a company over COVID where I was really happy with the successful future-proofing project that we put into place. And, you know, I think with future-proofing, it always needs to start with having a problem to solve. So what is it that we needed to do in the treasury department to help us future-proof the company? And our problem at the time was liquidity. We did not, and this was a global company, we did not know where all the cash was. We had a, a good idea of most of it, but not all of it. We didn't always know in which currency it was in. And we didn't always have a plan as to how we were going to deploy the cash from where it was sitting back to the US where we most needed it. And fortunately for us, this project started a year before COVID hit. So we as a treasury department realized that we needed to fix liquidity. We could no longer, due to the size of the company, just use spreadsheets and you know manually input cash from around the world. It was taking too long and we weren't certain of the accuracy of our information. So we started with our team assessing where we were and what the end goal was and what we needed to make this happen. What, what process did, it, would, did we have to put in place and what automation tools did we need? We also knew that we needed resources, so we had to sell the project to our C-suite and we need to hire the right person who had experience in implementing ERPs and who was able to source the right ERP for us. So we started by hiring correctly, and then we went out to treasury conferences in the U.S., and we met with a number of, of treasury software providers. And what we did, I think, were, was unique when we went to these conferences was to go with a list of 
what we needed, what was our um, absolute requirement, what was the budget that we had, and knowing that we needed a fit-for-purpose treasury workstation, one that was affordable, and we weren't buying more than we needed at the time. And we were able to uh, sift through different providers based on those requirements, knowing that, you know, we couldn't afford an SAP at the time, but we could afford a cloud service that, you know, was able to give us what we needed. So we did a lot of research into it. We also created our own BIC, which required, you know, some IT assistance, but not much, but mostly work on the treasury department side to get compliant with SWIFT. But that was absolutely worth the effort and the energy that we put into it. So Eventually, it didn't take us very long to find the provider that we needed who was affordable and could help us through the project. And then we created a complete project out of implementing this EMS. It was um, filled with the right project management skills, knowing that we could complete the project on time and to the required budget. So that was very important for us. And when the system was put in and uh, tested and everything was automated. We obviously had completed the the goal of knowing where the cash was and and how to deploy it. It was a very successful for us. But then we knew we had to go one step further, and that was to have a forecasting tool that would be able to um, either integrate or be used with the TMS system to ensure we knew where our cash was on a thirteen week basis. And it was taking too long. We were we were having one person's time fully dedicated to forecasting during the week, and we were a lean department, didn't have the time to do that. So we again went out to the local treasury conference. We went with the same requirements as we did with the TMS, and we got ourselves a cloud-based AI forecasting tool, which was absolutely the best tool. I still to this day think it's the most impactful and effective forecasting tool on the market. But we, again, implemented this um, forecasting tool with the same project management approach. And once these were both um, implemented, we were able to reduce the man hours from five days a week to one day a week to get our forecast, uh, first of all, to, to know where our cash was and then to get our forecast updated um, at the beginning of the week. And it was very useful for not only just the treasury department um, and our use of time, but also for management and those making decisions based on the cash position. And then COVID hit about three months after we had fully implemented these systems. Then our board was requiring us to turn the forecast more often than we had been in the past. And we would never have been able to do this and to comply with the board's requirements if we did not have this automation process in place. So I think we, you know, the timing was just fortuitous for us. And we had, we had been planning to mature the department, you know, uh, about two years earlier. So I think that was one of the best decisions we ever made. And then making it happen, you know, it's easy to have ideas, but to actually put them into place and bring them to fruition takes, you know, the dream team. It takes everyone pulling their weight and and reaching for the same goal to ensure it happened. And it, it was a very well-received project. It was very useful for the Treasury Department, for the CFO, for the board. And I, I just think it's a great example of 
putting in processes and procedures when times are good because when they're not you do not have the time or the resources to do it so i think it's all about putting plans in place now for when you need them down the road lian so that so that's an amazing example so many questions are coming to my mind first of all i would like to highlight the fact that you basically did a system selection or mini rfp by going yourself to conferences and exhibition shows to ask your questions directly to the vendors and then select the best what is is that what you actually did yes that's a good yeah you, you nailed it hey, that's exactly what we did we didn't have the time sources to go out and do rfps we just decided let's do it ourselves let's take the bull by the horns and make this happen that's super impressive but so basically you did select and implement a new treasury workstation or TMS. You yes. implemented a big, you selected the cash flow forecasting tool and implemented it. And as you said, you made all this happen, not only just having the idea and selecting it. Did you do this all by yourself or did, did you surround so with that project management team? But were those resources you hired internally or were those outsourced resources? Yeah. Um, And I think this is, um, you know, true for a lot of, of treasury professionals is that we're so limited on resources. We had a treasury department of three. So we were, you know, sometimes that's, that's bigger than most companies have, but we were lucky with that. And we used the project management skills that I had learned through my education, but also from our treasury manager who had experience in this area. And then we coupled that with our TMS provider who created a great schedule for us and ensured that we all had buy-in and were able to get to the deliverables on the time that was in in the timeline. And we all, you know, we worked very hard to make that happen, but we had very limited IT resources internally. So we relied very much on our TMS provider to help us through the process of implementing our own bit as well. So um, it was very much our treasury internal team along with our TMS provider who managed that process. And on the AI forecasting side, the provider is just more than gracious with their time. And they actually came to our offices and in one day helped us to get everything up and running exactly the way we needed it. And so, so that was the the external um, assistance we got for a one-day period. So it was it was an amazing project. I'm still very proud of it. Yeah, you can. That's, that's super impressive. How did you, so back to one of your previous comments, how did you advocate and sell all these to leadership? Because as you mentioned, this has a certain cost, right? And even if you have a limited budget for all this, you were probably having a budget. How did you convince leadership to follow you into this? And before the results came in, right? Because once everything is implemented, it's future-proof, it helps during COVID, that's all great because they see it. But before that, how did you advocate for this? You know, I think it started from very much the time I started at the company. I was able to build trust with my boss. We had a really good working relationship and it all started with me, you know, proving to the CFO that when I... When he asks for something to happen, he can consider it done. So we built up that trust. I had many small wins along the way, you know, in the treasury department. And so I think once he had trust in me and knew that he could hand over the treasury decisions to me, that was when I started explaining my treasury maturity strategy to him. He was very excited by it. He bought into it as long as he didn't have to do it. <laughs> so he was very much... Um, 
on board with with my vision for the treasury department because it matched also the strategy of the the global um, company but also that he had the trust in me that if i thought it was the right thing to do then he would help me with what i needed in terms of resources it was a sell to the to um our our c-suite and it it wasn't without difficulty there was a lot of um ensuring that the quantitative side of it made sense to the C-suite and the use of resources made sense to them. We did a great presentation. So we had gathered all the facts in the treasury team. We gathered everything down to how much time and how much money we needed from the company. And we presented to um, the panel as to the importance of this project, the benefits to the company and our whole treasury team involved in that and they could see that we were very dedicated to the solution and that it would ultimately at the end of the day it would meet the needs that the company had and the the company wanted to know where the cash was at all times and knowing that you know we were outgrowing a spreadsheet i think they understood the need to pay now and have the dividends return down the road so it, it i think it starts with any project it starts with having the trust of the person who's selling it to you and knowing that if they say that they're going to make this happen that it will be done and it won't be wasting the company's money so they they need to know that and they need to know that it has at the end of the day a solution for a problem that they are saddled with and and the cfo is always saddled with the liquidity problem so if that can be solved through the solution then they helped me you know purchase what was needed and we also negotiated a very good contract with our providers that we could pay monthly it wouldn't be a a long-term commitment if you know we just didn't have the funds for it at the time so it's all about negotiating with your your vendors as well a, a mutually beneficial contract for both sides so i think it was um you know, very much part of the project is selling it, but it's also influencing your C-suite to know that this solution will help them at the end of the day. 100%. How how long did it take in total to go from, okay, guys, we have a problem to we have a fully up and running cloud-based AI forecasting tool? It was eight months. That's super helpful. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, that's actually a really short project. You know, at the time it felt longer because it was a lot, you know, because we had to do that on top of our daily work as well. But um, it was a very tight deadline and we made it happen. So we we accomplished a lot in eight months. (laughs) I'm super impressed. I mean, from experience, certain TMS implementation only, eh? not selecting it, uh, benchmarking it, negotiating and so on. Just the implementation of the TMS, which is only one of the things you did takes more than eight months. So that's that's very impressive. Because you have the dream team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But now I understand the, the name of it. Definitely. That's yeah. that's a dream team you had here. I don't know if uh, you feel like uh, like it, but can we know about this amazing forecasting tool that you had? What was the name of the company? Yes. Can I say that? Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's called Data Rails. They're an um, Israeli-based company. Mm. I think, you know, I tell them all the time, they saved my life. If we hadn't had that through COVID, 
I would still be working on the full cost today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a centralized platform, basically, that they create. Uh, it, it collaborates in real time. It automates repetitive tasks, and it, it really improves. At the end of the day, it improves the accuracy of the financial models. It was very easy to use. It's very easy to implement. We even learned on the back end how to program some some of the the tools and the modules that we needed so we could, you know, help ourselves. It's it's a fantastic tool and I, I definitely um, suggest you look into it. Wow. We'll definitely. That's a hell of a, of a kudos for them. And yeah, yeah, for sure. We are totally comfortable with sharing names. Uh, we are not um, sponsored by DataRails. If anybody from DataRails is listening to this right now and you're interested in it, do not hesitate. <laughs> but super <laughs> Okay, no, it's it's good to know um to know about this. Um super interesting. Thank you so much, Lian. Look, um it has been an amazing episode full of insights. Um is there anything else you would like to add in terms of treasury maturity, future proofing, transforming your treasury department, the right people, the right resources? Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, and, and I thank you for having me on and being able to talk treasury. It's one of my favorite topics. But uh, you know, to sum it up, I would just say, you know. When working to mature the department and to future-proof the function, as you go through all these projects, remember that the devil's in the details, but the success is in the strategy. You've got to start with knowing what you want to accomplish. You've got to be strategic about these projects. So remember that advice. And I think also, you know, be an advocate for the treasury profession. We have so much going for us. We have so much future and runway in treasury. And remember, you know, as you go through your your daily tasks and as you start to mature your department, remember it's about having integrity for yourself with those with you you work with. It's about having a positive mindset and attitude, having passion for what you do and being very resilient because treasury is not free of difficulty, it's not free of stress, but you can use these tough situations to help yourself and your team develop and learn and grow in treasury. And my last bit of advice is please reach out to those coming up behind you. Advocate for them just as others have done for us in our careers. Well, that's very beautiful. I propose we, we stop on this. Leanne, if you, uh, if people would like to reach out to you, uh, know more about you or your company, where should they go? Oh, please go to LinkedIn. <laughs> I am there <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always growing my network and learning from LinkedIn. So that's the best way to reach out to me. Amazing. Leanne, thank you so much for this episode. It was amazing. Great insights. Really loved it. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you.